so right after the Dame trade was made completed, as everybody suspected, Drew Holiday was moved to the Boston Celtics for Robert Williams. Um, of course, as we have been saying, after Marcus Smart traded, was traded, the Celtics was going to need a point guard, even though they were talking about letting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do more ball handling, playmaking, have you know more responsibilities. Just picking up Drew, you think that changing of those plans for Drew isn't necessarily the point guard that has to be the all-time, let-me-run-the-offense type of point guard. No, I don't think it changed the plans. Uh, I think it's, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on uh, the Dame episode, but, you know, it's like, it's, it's going to be like you're basically replacing, the, you're getting a better market smart, honestly, in my opinion. Um, but Drew is a point guard, so he's going to handle the ball. But he's comfortable playing off the ball. Uh, played with Giannis these last couple of years, and Giannis handles the ball obviously. But um, getting Drew, I think, will help because you they needed a point guard with that team. But I still think they're gonna run some offense through uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Let them make some decisions. All right. Not as definitely not as dramatic as before though. Um, so yeah, I think I think the plan is still kind of the same, but you can get Drew. They're gonna force to play the way that they should be playing anyway. No, for surely. And with that being said, I'm John W. Fresh X, and we are the Hoopers. And just you know, after the trade, just looking at Boston side of it, um, I've seen a couple people say that Boston could have the best starting five in the league. You know, the best first six players in the league. All this such, you know, Adam Drew is a big, you know. You know, that's a big piece, Pauls, especially after trading Marcus Smart for Porzingis. I've seen something that said the projected star lineup should be uh, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and um, Christoph Porzingis. I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the official star lineup. It's probably not. But, you know, when you think about that lineup and then Al Horford coming off the bench as, your first, man, as the first person off the bench, if that's how it's going to be. I already look at Boston as limited at the guard because they only, you know, they do guard wings bigs. They're limited at the guard spot right now because, you know, if you're going to start Drew and Derek White, I don't know who that third guard is to come off the bench or who's going to be point guard maybe when you slide Jalen Brown over to shooting guard and you want to give Drew and Derek White a quick breather. But just, you know, off that prediction, how good do you really expect Boston to be this? Because I don't feel, you know, they traded Malcolm Brogdon, they traded Robert Williams. After Al Horford, I got to check the roster, but I don't really know who's coming off the bench for them right now. But how do you view this Boston after both trades when you think about it? I mean, we talked about it on the on the Dame episode again. I thought Boston's roster was lacking, honestly. Um, and bringing in Drew, I think it helps. They're still going to be really top-heavy. Surely. Um, still going to be top-heavy. I... I don't like their starting lineup because I don't like Przingis being a full-time center. Uh, so I, I feel like they're going to go Przingis and Al Horford yeah. with, with Jalen Brown and um, Jason, Tatum. Jason Tatum and uh, Drew. Also wouldn't want Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, whichever one is going to be playing the four. Like, it, positions basketball works in segments of the game, but – it's, it doesn't work full-time because right. players are who they are. They play the particular way and schemes and even just, you know, the physicality of one position and what you got to do at the other. It, it still kind of matters in the end. Um, it matters if 
Przingis is out there, you got another big body like Al Horford that could guard Embiid, right? Opposed to putting Przingis, like it, it matters in the long run. So, um, as far as who's stepping up off that bench, that's the question. I mean, that's what we said on the, the last one. We like right. tried to go into it. Hasn't changed, right? Like the the main good thing is because who did they send out for Drew? You don't send you send out Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. So, the Robert Williams piece hurts to your point of the question because I mean we talked about Hauser I can see Hauser stepping up more though than any other because we asked about the guard play and the wing play on the last episode I can see Hauser stepping up more so than somebody else so that's why I can see losing time Lord hurts right um but add it's worth it to add Drew you're just gonna be leaning on those guys to play bigger minutes and then you hope someone like Hauser steps up you hurt hope you know, you can get some quality minutes out of Luke Cornett this year. Right. Um, you know, you hope somebody like Craig Pritchard, who's been in the, he's been in y'all system for a couple of years, guards are leaving. You, you know, like you're you going to have Derek White and Drew, clearly they're going to play together. There's going to be segments where one's running offense and one isn't. But you're going to need that guard to, even if it's just 15 minutes a game, to do something. Right. Um, so, or maybe it's J.D. Davidson who's on a two-way. Maybe he can come up and, so somebody from Boston is going to have to step up, and those role players always play a big role in the finals anyway. But just being top-heavy, having a good six, you know, with uh, Derek White, Przingis, Horford, Jalen Brown, uh-huh. Jason Tatum, um, Drew, that is good. You know, that's a good solid rotation, at least when you got that, and then you just put players in around them. Right. And that's how you're going to try and navigate through the year, I would say. No, I'm sure. So like you say, once you get to the playoffs, that's probably going to be the main six you're going to play anyway. Like, say, Howes, it might be your seventh player. I forgot. They got Wayne Gabriel also. They picked okay. him up, who I think he can potentially. Okay. You, know, you never know. What no, 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 Wayne no. Gabriel has – he's played in the league. So, you know, he could contribute. I can see him going on stretches where he can contribute, and I can see him going on stretches where he don't play. Right. Sure. And like I said, just, even just – I want to go to the Przingis-Al Horford combo real quick because – Przingis, when he's healthy, he is one of the best rim protectors in the league. Al Horford, probably one of the best, um, not only team defenders, but one-on-one uh, post defenders. Do you think without, like say, brought it up, Al Horford be able to take the tougher matchups of like Embiid, Jokic, do you see this being one of the years, you know, if Przingis can stay healthy enough, he kind of gets some more defensive recognition for being – Cause I think that his potential as off-ball ram protector is going to be through the roof this year. Przingis? Yeah. yeah. Do you think he kind of gets a little more shine in that way we might be able to see him up for a defensive play? I know it's way too early for that, but just think about the potential. Do you think this could be one of those years for Przingis if he stays healthy? I mean, he's going to be in the system because the defensive player year also is that we've learned it comes down to your teammates too and your team numbers. Right. I mean, that was always a big thing with Drew. I remember they said for years people felt like he got left off of all NBA defensive team because he was on those terrible teams where the team's defensive numbers didn't add up so he was getting overlooked. Um, so now being on this team, that is going to have a defensive mindset to him. And I think, you know, because he's always at the top of the lead of, of blocks. Right, sure. But being able to roam because Al Horford is going to take those bigger roles. Um, so, you know, he could be weak block coming over getting those help side blocks. He could easily lead the league in blocks this year. And we saw what that did for Brooke Lopez last year, had him in the conversation. So right. that's all you can ask for is to be in the conversation. 
So I definitely think this is a good opportunity for him to get the talk and also kind of earn it because it's going to be there. It's, I feel like it's going to be easy because it, this, the whole starting lineup, outside of him, if you just ask the regular everyday person, they're all defensive-minded type of players. I, I don't have it pulled up now, but I think Al Horford has made an all-defensive team, at least one. He might have contended for one. We know Drew, what type of defender he is. Um, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are, are both way more than competent defenders. Sure. So um, this is probably the best defensive team he's been a part of. Just mm. taking, you know, yeah. And Al Horford has made all defensive team. I knew he okay. made at least one. He made it in 2017, 18. But um, this is just that lineup alone. Then you got Derek White coming in. He's gonna be thinking defense. This is right. He, he's gonna be out there with with the a best defensive players he's played sure. with in his career. And I think that's going to help him out. No, yeah. And then looking at Portland's other side, as they bring their trading offseason to an end, I guess at the end of it, you know, flipping Dane for what they got and then Drew Holiday as well, you could say they kind of got all the pieces and things that they wanted to be wanted to be compensated with for trading Dane. Like I said, they got picks. They got a um, young potential all-star, DeAndre Ayton. Robert Williams has defensive player of the year capabilities, all defensive players. Um, Capabilities. You still have your young assets and Scoot, Shadon Sharp, and Anthony Simons. You're looking at it, going and training camp, and this is your team. How do you grade what Portland did, I guess, when you consider the trades that they made to get here with this roster? Uh, I would say Portland overall did a great job, honestly. Uh, if I had to grade it, I would give them maybe a – give them an A. Honestly, because mm. NBA TV team to watch, league fast team to watch this year. I think they'd be interesting to watch because I'm invested in Scoot, so it's definitely a team for me. And through all of the Dame mess and their GM being a lame, I'm not gonna overlook the fact that I'm high on Scoot, and I think Scoot could easily win Rookie of the Year this year. Um, and I like I like what Shadon Sharp is gonna provide to the team, and then to bring a. No matter what people want to say about DeAndre Ayton, he's averaged 18 to 10 in the right, league, sure. um, which is tough to do. So I think they'll be able to steal some wins here or there, and you know they're just going to be interesting to watch. I'm not getting into the play-in talk that people talking no, yeah, about. I don't like even that. want to get into I said we said it off no. with Mike earlier. Yeah. If school plays 70 games, they'll win 25 games. I don't expect them to win 30 to 40 games. Like, no way. Um, don't see it happening. But – as a team with a good young nucleus that I expect to play hard, build good. Like, I don't think they're going to be one of those young teams that's just, oh, they're just all over the place. There's no direction. Right. They they aren't getting better. Not even necessarily aren't getting better, but they just play any kind of way. I think this is going to be one of those young teams that, all right, they're going to prepare. They're going to play hard. They're going to try to play the right way, and they're going to lose because they ain't got the talent, but then they're going to be still games because Anthony Simons can give you 50. Scoot is gonna go have a thirty and ten game. DeAndre Ayton, I think, can have a thirty and ten ten rebound type game this year. Uh, Shadon Sharp is an X factor for me because if he's really good, you know, if he's as good as I thought he was good, he was one of my favorite players from the draft last year, and this is a year where he can really get to show it. Um, and if he has some big games, maybe you can push it to thirty wins. I don't think it's gonna happen, but. If I'm Portland, honestly, right now, then you still got Jeremy Grant, who's averaged 20 in this league also. Um, 
from Portland, though, I'm doubling down on the youth. I would trade Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons um, before the trade deadline or by the trade deadline. But, you know, I know that kind of hurts Chauncey because now you keep building up these losing years. But Portland has a good young nucleus. No, yeah. true. And I see somebody, this is a fan page, so, of course, you ain't got to take it. You can take it. You don't even have to take it with Grant. So you can just give your opinion on it real quick. But this is what they projected Portland Trailblazers starting lineup to be after all the trades were made. Scoot at the point. Scoot at the point. Excuse me. Uh, Shane Sharp at the two. Jeremy Grant at the three. Robert Williams at the four. DeAndre Ayton at the five. And then Anthony Simons at the six. You're off the bench as a six man. I don't think and see and that's where it gets tricky because Anthony Simons is on a hundred million dollar contract. I don't think he's coming off the bench. And especially if they're trying to showcase him to trade him, right. he's definitely not coming off the bench. Sure. I think if anything, Shadon Sharp is coming off the bench or Robert Williams is coming off the bench. And I think more than likely it'll be time lower because I feel like he's more of a center than a power forward. Because mm-hmm. um, even with, like, with him and the Al lineups, Al was the power forward. That's why he was third in three-point precision <laughs> last year. <laughs> I like saying that stat because it's so stupid. <laughs> but... Um, I, I can't see Anthony Simons coming off the bench because they're trying to trade him. Jeremiah, I, I always go back from Jeremy and Jeremiah. I'm sorry. I don't know how his name is pronounced. I've never heard him say it. And I always hear people say so, it differently. Yeah, I hear But I'm going to call him Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant is definitely starting. New contract. And also, you want to showcase him. Um, so the best case scenario, I would say, is Tom Lord or Shadon Sharp is coming off the bench, depending on how chance he want to play. And I feel like Chauncey would go with Grant at the four. I can see that, and that still keeps you know some creativity, keeps the lineup. I, I, it's no grounds for Anthony Simons to come off the bench unless he's starting the year hurt and he's not playing those first not couple sure. games. But if he's like, in, I haven't seen any Portland stuff other than a few scoop scoop pitchers. But if he's in training camp and he's playing in this first preseason game next week, he's he's starting that shooting guard, y'all, because Portland. They have all these picks, but they aren't high picks. And Scoot is the prize. You you yeah, have Scoot. So it's not it, necessarily right. about making the playoffs this year, but it's not about tanking either. Right. And a 22-point-per-game score gives you a better chance of winning than a, a rookie who had a couple big games or a second-year player who had a couple big games last year, but you don't know if he's really ready to commit full-time or you would have went ahead and traded Simons because I'm sure it was deals for, you know, and, you know with the – Numbers that he put up, he's already under contract. It's, it was valued there. Uh, so, and I, I do think he will get traded, but I, I highly doubt Anthony Simons is coming out of the bench. I can't see it right now, but you never well, No, no, you never know. I guess know. my thing is, um, you know, like I said, you do bring Robert Williams up and shade on Sharp off the bench. Uh, who is your other starting wing, though? Who is starting at the three? Who will start at the three for Portland? If Sharp come out the bench? Yeah, if you're going with Simons. Well, you had Sharp in your starting lineup with Jeremy Grant? Yeah, I had okay. I had Robert Williams off the bench. Okay, okay. Yeah, I brought Robert Williams off the bench. Because and, okay. um, and and Jeremy Jeremy Grant is better at the, the four, four anyway. He's not a three. three yeah. He he can handle the ball enough and he's slim enough to be the three. But he's a four. He's a power four. He's Jerry per, Wallace. He's a perimeter power four. Yeah, he's, he's a, exactly. So he's he's a four. I wouldn't I, I could play him at the three, but I wouldn't really I would prefer him at the I would prefer prefer him to play at the four. Yeah, so I, I see Sharp still. I see Sharp starting and Tom Lord coming off the bench. 
But if Time Lord, if he does go with two bigs, and it came down to Sharp and Simons, Simons is starting. I just saw something real quick. Uh, NBA Central posted it. I try not to go to a lot of these pages anymore because they want you to subscribe for certain stories. Which means yeah, I just see them when people retweet them or you know they force it on your timeline. Time nah, yeah, I don't follow none but of them. But apparently either. it's been reported that um, none NBA on the court type thing, right? Click the Sham. They tried the Shams and Woj have a relationship similar to Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. I don't know. If that's a necessarily a good comparison or not, but uh, that would mean that Woj is Sham's father, and he would be more like his. I mean, because they both started at Yahoo. And Shams was Woj was the big dog, and Shams was up under him. But he, I wouldn't say that Shams was his son though, more so of a little brother, mentee. And neither one of them is nice like that to be Darth Vader, <laughs> honestly. So the, being Darth Vader is like being Jordan, and you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see. But um, basically, it was saying, you know, yeah. the, um, the athletic try, you know, they're trying their best not to run any woe stories. And ESPN is discouraged, you know, discouraging most people on, you know, most shows from having sham stuff on the, you know, on ESPN. When you hear stuff like that, because of course it's two different news media outlets, um, they both do the same thing. It's got to be some, at some point, it's going to be some intermingling because they're all talking to the same people. When you hear stuff like that, of course, I know it doesn't bother you, but it's one of the things like. Wait, well, hold on, I missed it. What, what what was the issue with them? No, it's just, you know, they're. Oh, they're, they're back they're, and forth? They're, meet, they're separate meet news media companies trying not to run their works. So, like, ESPN discouraging their employees to basically not have shams on, don't, don't you know, respond by. Yeah, don't, don't talk don't about, about, about sham stories, and then for the athletic, basically the same thing with Wolves. Yeah, but it you makes hit, sense. No, yeah, well, I would say I know a lot of people, especially on NBA Twitter, is gonna hear that and think, you know, it's something. Oh my God! But it's like this is news media. Right, like, it's and, two different companies. And, and it, I mean, it makes sense. We don't see Stephen A. on Fox Sports. You know what I mean? Or, no, yeah, or right. retweeting their story more so over the last couple of years, just because you can't ignore things. You've seen him say. Because Fox and Dick, because Fox is all about Disney now. Yeah, but... But it, there's still no intermingling. Exactly. But over the last couple of years, I think you've seen him say, oh, yeah, on the other show, or or you even heard Skip, he'll acknowledge it. Right, but, but he won't say the name. Yeah, right. but don't directly say names and stuff like that. That's always been a thing. Even, you know, and I don't get into my work life on this because it don't matter on here, but, like, the company I work for, they would prefer we only use their products opposed to being so yeah that, that's a thing that happened and especially when you're trying to you you want all that content as being a you want that content to come to you you want the those hits to come to you you want the notifications to come to you so yeah you shouldn't be retweeting following like if if because i i'll even tell you how i do i know some people don't mess with chris haynes but i mess with the black guy whatever i'll, I'll call it what you want i mess with the black guy and i know he, he's had his bumps and rolls just like everybody else but like when, if they all tweet at the same time that um, they ain't um, got Chris traded Hunt, yeah. I'm gonna retweet Chris Haynes before I retweet the other one because I'm gonna retweet the black reporter I, I'm just being honest about it um, now if I see one first I won't not tweet it I won't not tweet well, but I don't work for them either though but I won't not tweet Woj or Shams to wait on Chris Haynes tweet but like if, literally if I see them at the same time I'm, I'm, I'm gonna retweet Chris Haynes' stories before theirs and also, because Chris Haynes worked with Bleach Report and amongst all of them Bleach Reports in the city and all of they mess up too. 
I'm trying to get on with Beach Report as well. I'll put that out there also. But uh, if I work with Bleach Report, though, or whatever, I'm retweeting Taylor Rooks before I retweet Maria Taylor. You know what I mean? I'm doing that anyway. <laughs> but, but still, well, you know, Taylor, Taylor Rooks is Bleach Report. Maria Taylor is no, she's ESPN. No, she's Taylor Rooks, she's working Bleach Report. Maria Taylor? Not Maria Taylor. Oh, my God. Excuse <laughs> me. Taylor Rooks works for Bleach Report. Maria Taylor works for NBC. I was thinking in my mind, though, Malika Andrews <laughs> who works for ESPN. <laughs> But I'm still treating Taylor first. Then, <laughs> I mean, right. I'm Ta- Taylor Rooks first, then Maria Taylor, and maybe we'll get to Malika. Um, but yeah, you know, you gotta have, you gotta be loyal to the people that's paying the checks. And we, it, I mean, if that's your team, that's your team. You know, so yeah, I would I would discourage people to be, you know, we don't walk around with Nike socks with Adidas flip flops on. Some go. some people out here do. I, <laughs> I don't. Do I don't. I don't even get paid by you. It's like in our rapper, It's just like this old like. 50 Cent interview I've always seen this it was it's funny it was always this back and forth with him and Youngbug when he started not giving them their checks for the G unit shoes because whenever they were in pictures they would be in Louis and, and we can make jokes of what we think about the G unit shoes or whatever but if I'm on G unit I'm getting paid to wear these shoes I'm not getting caught in a picture in Louis Vuitton shoes like it's just not happening even get a uh, I even ended with one more old school story you, you enjoyed this one I already know you what I'm gonna say the old Jordan thing he Jordan is he has endorsements with Chevrolet still to this day, and he got pictures pulling up to the gym one time in a Ferrari. Never again. Find me another picture of Jordan pulling up in a Ferrari. If you look at Jordan, you only gonna see them Corvettes because Chevy was like, and that's before people even was even thinking about it like that. But that man got photographed pulling up in a Ferrari, and they was like, oh no, this is <laughs> not about to happen. So they you know flowered him with a bunch of Corvettes and. You know, negotiating his contract, which obviously he got more money for that too. Please, if we get caught in the pictures, you know, pull up in the vet <laughs> one time. <laughs> Let him see you in the vet. So, I understand it. Uh, you know, people got to have beef with things. So I got to get why people got beef. But I get it. They're doing the right thing for their companies. Nah, yeah. That's all that this was about. It wasn't even necessary. I just... I'll say one thing. If, if some news drop and Chris Haynes, Walsh, Sham... And somebody from Off the Ball Network tweets it first. I'll retweet Tweet Off the Ball, ball Network. Network. For sure. Mm-hmm. Shout Absolutely. Out the ball there Network. you go right there. Man, that's how you solve every problem. Yeah. Off the Ball Network get retweeted first, then Chris Haynes. But, of course, as we know, Media Day was the other day. Um, the first NBA game is 20 days away. Preseason starts, I want to say, this weekend. Um, of course, Media Day. I don't take Media Day so serious because it's – a lot of times it's like about a book answers. You never they don't put out the fun questions anymore. Like was David Letterman at Brooklyn's Media Day today asking people weird questions like he did KD? Wait, who? Um, David Letterman was he? Right. Probably not. But it's like, of course I know by now everybody's gonna comment on the Giannis saying you know as long as we winning we'll stop staying in Milwaukee and money is important. More money is. Um, of course, everybody seen Dame say, you know, he ain't never took a picture like that, had a photo like this with Chris Middleton. He was Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez in the photo. Um, of course, Spurs get there. Young Core. Shout out to Devin Vessel as well. Metro Atlanta just got a nice check. I'm not going to say what it is because we don't do that, but he just got paid. Um, of course, Victor Wimbledon, Kelton Johnson, Devin Vessel. And um, Jeremy Sohan, Sohan, Sohan. Yeah. Um, they were, of course, that's what people expecting their young big four nucleus to be. Shit, of course, he got his OKC pictures off. Um, 
Were there any quotes from Media Day that you took and thought were interesting, though? Like, I know LeBron, you know, came. Not LeBron, my bad. Anthony Davis had his bit about, you know, how the Nuggets did a lot of talking after they won the Western Conference Finals because you can talk after you win the Western Conference Finals. You can talk out loud after you win, especially after you beat the team. But were there any quotes or anything you heard from Media Day that you kind of took and was like, okay, that's kind of interesting? The Anthony Davis quote it was just funny to me. Uh, I like the LeBron quote about Anthony Davis that I haven't heard too many people talking about, saying that he's the face of the team. He basically trying to get it. To, he trying to he trying to get it to you. To, to he a fool down. <laughs> he trying to get him a team type of thing. Nah, um, sure. So I, I, I like LeBron saying because this is the first time you've probably heard him try to concede something like that. That's like him basically saying what we've been saying. Like he, go win MVP. If the Lakers want to compete for a championship this year, Anthony Davis should be in MVP conversation. LeBron's LeBron. LeBron's going to close games. LeBron's going to be who he is. But I think LeBron saying that let me know LeBron, not that I'm questioning him wanting to win, but LeBron legitimately wants to win another championship to, to come out and say that. No, like sure. he, that's really, really what it's about. Um, trying to think. Anything else other than um, I know here in Atlanta, because obviously we're in Atlanta, so I listen to the radio in Atlanta, John Collins quote made some waves around the city. A I saw bit. I saw the quote about other people probably don't care, but I just, I heard they talked about it on the radio here. Nah, so yeah. I, I I saw the, I saw the quote on Twitter and I thought it was funny because if you go back, because of course he said there's no shot to anybody, so all the Hawks fans automatically went who uh, you know clearly a shot at Trey, what a lot of them was thinking. But if you go back and every year before. John Collins got thrown on the trade block and you hear his comments because it all starts at the same time. If you pay attention, team start off good. We move with the ball. Everybody's eating. The offense kind of get a little stagnant. We start kind of losing games we shouldn't lose. Everybody's numbers going down. And he says every December, every January, you know, let's get back to team basketball, moving the ball around. That's basically all his comments were, you know, he on the team where he feel like that's how we're going to play off. They're going to play offense. I ain't met Jordan Clarkson yet. <laughs> Just say, I like Jordan. I like Jordan Clarkson. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I know a lot of people go think it's a shot. And, but back to the point of me saying that, that's he always ended up on the trade block every time he said that. That was the last three seasons. Every time he said that, and it always, you know, went the same way. Like I say, is it a shot? Do I think it's a shot at Trey Young? No, I think it's a shot at how. It's a shot at the whole, whole organization, like, honestly, because Trey had his ego. Trey's dad has his ego. Nate had his ego about how just how the older coaches and don't want to play certain players. Travis Schlink had his, and I remember people Trey Schlink so much coming over and how he changed stuff around. He was on Brandon Golden State, but they pretty much hated him towards the end because of moves he would or wouldn't make and. That just kind of it, it got very ego driven, even towards with the owners. That's how the, the team has started to be, honestly. But it also it always goes back to Trey, because we know that Trey's a young player and he's at the point in his career where the numbers still matter for him. I mean, look at this whole summer. I I just go out and say it, I don't got no issues with Trey at all. Like I like Trey as a player. I think he's he's been great for Atlanta, um, legit All Star player. But this whole summer has been about how you weren't an All Star. He got disrespected for not making the Team USA team, and he has a right to feel that way. And I feel disrespected that the Hawks were in the conference finals a couple of years and have been playing every year ever since. Like, who cares you to make the Olympic team? Who cares you won an All-Star last year? When you were an All-Star, y'all was winning. Win. 
It's, it's that simple. You get the bad rap, and you win. It don't. It's not there. So you know, we talked about earlier how that stuff matters to players' awards, and it does matter because it, it plays a part to your resume and it solidifies you. Rather you say you don't care or not, it, it's a step, <clears throat> especially when you're young. Right. You're young in the league. You, you're trying to make your money. You're trying to win championships. You're trying to establish yourself forever. You're trying to play great. It does matter in the grand scheme of things. But this summer should have been about the fact that the Hawks have been a playing team after being an East Conference finalist just a couple of years ago over being disrespected by not making the Olympic team. And, you know, that's part of the ego. Whether good or bad, that's part of the ego. I, I would Who cared about the Olympic team? Your team has not made it out the first round and is playing in the play-ins and looks terrible. So, you know, I don't think it was – 100% about Trey, just because you know the inner workings of everything else, you know, and then John Collins and Trey had a good relationship. They genuinely did. If you ever seen them interact and stuff like that, I think they really were solid. I feel like it was towards everybody here, really. All right, and, that's fair, and that is also fair to say. But I did see some out of Golden State. Um, apparently, Steve Kerr has an idea for a lineup. I think it was Steph. It was Yeah, it was Chris Paul, Steph, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson. And Kevon Looney, he said, this was Steve Kerr said that he's going to have, in that line, particular line, have Clay Garden fours. And I know everybody automatically went crazy, like, oh, he's got to be guarding this player. That's, but when you think about it, yeah, you're going to do, those players are going to have a certain mismatch against them. But if you think about who a lot of fours are in the league, the players that's playing on the perimeter or that's um, face-up oriented, where Clay has a, I know Clay, you know, he's had ACL surgeries and all that over the past couple of years, but. He's still a solid defender. If you're going to face him up and give him a chance to be able to be in your shooting pocket and your dribbling pocket, I think he has a chance. Of course, if a player like Giannis decides to, you know, post him up, even KD, you know, shooting over him from the post, you're going to have difficulties there. But do you think it's going? It's as big of a challenge with Clay Gardner for as NBA Twitter is going to make it out to be? NBA Twitter, please use y'all <laughs> brains, man. First of all, shout out to... I don't want to say this in a negative way, but shout out to Draymond getting hurt. This is why I say shout out to him getting hurt. Oh, my hurt. bad. I, I, I should have brought that up. This, this, why, this, is, this is why I'm saying shout out to him getting hurt because Chris Paul wanted to start so bad and there was this conversation about it. Now he gets forced in the starting lineup because Draymond is out. <laughs> so I know he don't want to say it, but that's how it is. But, like, use your, use your smarts, man. If we're playing Giannis, why would I be start having Clay guard for us? But if we're playing Jeremy Grant – like this is he's not gonna play Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, <laughs> Kevin Garnett, Duncan. These are not the fours that he's guarding. It's twos playing for nowadays. Like I could see how it happens. Clay is a six seven player, six eight player, long wingspan. He can guard the NBA four. If I'm playing Portland though, and it's Robert Williams and and even then because he's just gonna stand in the corner. But you you finna be playing so many slender fours. Like it it don't matter. Like and that's where it gets funny. Like. Is it positionless basketball or is it not? Make up y'all mind. Is it positionless or is it not? And then because right because if it's a problem with Clay Gardner's players, I mean this position, you know, it's not positionless. Just think about the Boston lineup you talked about earlier. That lineup had Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown at the four. If you're going Derek White, Drew, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Porzingis, Clay, Clay will guard one of them two players anyway. That's when he would play the four. Use your brains, y'all. Like, I, 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 that was so simple to me. I didn't even have to like overthink it. But it also works for you, for which Clay is still a competent defender. And I wouldn't want 
and, and like we said, the obvious is you don't want him guarding Giannis, whatever. You know, Zion but then you, him, but yeah, and I mean Zion, Zion starting on the perimeter unless he gonna play that, him in the post. That's my thing. With I don't care about Zion going left like, to right Giannis over gonna, Clay. Giannis steals. starts on the perimeter a lot. KD starts on the perimeter. Yeah. Jason Tatum, LeBron, these are Anthony Davis. These are perimeter or Aaron Gordon. These are perimeter oriented fours. Exactly. Like it's not. Like it's not Tim. But Black the main thing is you catching them in the crosshairs and fast breaks, and now they got to either find their man or they got to stick with you on fast breaks. So we know the league is more offensive anyway, and that's just what it kind of comes down to: is trying to get those cross matchups. You trying to hurry up and find your man, or now you stuck on Clay, and Clay gonna give you a bucket. As I've, uh, you know, said that Clay is the second best pickup player in the history of the NBA after Kevin Durant, because I watched him in some pickup. I've never seen Clay in all season pick, and he's been hurt the last couple of years, right? So we really haven't been able to see it the last couple of years. But watching him play in pickup games this offseason, like he's a perfect player. <laughs> Clay is perfect. <laughs> so I don't think Clay gonna have any trouble. The problem is Chris Paul is now on the starting lineup, <laughs> so you need Draymond to get healthy so he can come back. No, for sure. Um, but even then, depending on who it is, Wiggins will be guarding those players truthfully. All right, but. I, I can see Clay being stronger than Wiggins too. So, but yeah, man, you, come on, y'all. <laughs> no, because like I said, Draymond Green is gonna be out for six weeks with an ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. Which, of course, whenever you hear, you know, team here ankle sprain, they're hoping you know that is not that. But you know, with Draymond Green missing, you know, supposedly missing six weeks out of the season, which when you really think about it, that's a decent amount of time, but it's not really that significant for real. Do you think we actually know what Golden State look like until Draymond get back? Like I said, Chris Paul is probably going to be on the starting lineup. They're probably going to be playing players who more minutes than they're expected to play this year, even though they should be expecting certain players. Jonathan Kaminga to play more minutes. But do you think we're going to see the real Golden State at the beginning of the season while Draymond is out or just, a, you know, not a good enough version because they got steps, so that's whatever. But, a, you know, a version that can survive until they get Draymond back for what he brings to the team. And honestly, I'm disappointed because with Draymond out, Kaminga actually should be starting, not Chris Paul. <laughs> but yeah, you won't really see because Draymond's going, he's supposed to be such a huge part, but he's out two to four weeks. Is it two to four or is it four to I six? Thought, I thought six. See, that's what I was talking to X on Twitter earlier and I told him two to four, but I was like, it might be more than that. I think it's four to six. I didn't want to put all that time on him. But, uh, like, so that, that leads you into the beginning of the season. Um, so you probably won't. We probably won't really see what the Warriors look like until we get into the season tournament, um, the end season tournament. Definitely at least the beginning of the season, because uh, they play so so little preseason game nowadays, especially when you travel internationally. Right. And they in Abu Dhabi, right? Yeah, they're in Abu Dhabi, I believe. So uh, we, I don't think we're gonna see Draymond in the preseason, but that's gonna be key. Like he's supposed to be a key piece of this team. That's why they paid him. That's why they brought him back. That's why he came back. Um, so, yeah, you, I don't think you will really know. But this is an opportunity for, you know, you for other people to step up. I get why Chris Paul gets into the starting lineup. But, yeah, I think I think they should have started Kaminga. Um, Chris Paul actually should want to come off the bench and play with, you know, build rapport with Kaminga anyway because he's going to be the key to Chris Paul having a great year. And I also think Chris Paul could be the key to Kaminga finally being who – before we get out of here, of course, I want to speak on the saga of James Harden and Daryl Morey real quick because 
James Harden wasn't at you know he wasn't at Philadelphia 76ers media day, but he is expected to be at Colorado State University for the first day of training camp. Of course, NBA Twitter thinks he's gonna pop up in the fat suit because he's still looking to be traded to the Clippers. By just the Clippers, I don't know because apparently only Dame Lillard was the player was the only player that had one destination on his mind this offseason. Even though James Harden's been like that all year, all offseason I should say. Um, only. Before we get to that part, I want to shout out to Joel Embiid first because through everything that he's had to go, go through in Philly, he's never he's not at a point where he's ready to be traded yet. He hasn't down the organization, honestly. Like, he puts up – y'all talk a lot of shit about Joel Embiid because he wants to win individual awards for a player that is super solid for his organization. Do you think at some point that – could you could see that changing in Joel Embiid, or he's really just you know this is this is where I want to be, and this is you know long not even that you know while I'm here I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do and nothing else matters. Joel says as long as he's on the court, he thinks his team is gonna compete for a championship, and competing for a championship isn't necessarily just going to the finals. Some may think being a conference finals does matter too, but being at the top of your your division, your, your conference, and trying to put yourself into that top four. Um, and I believe him when he says that because Joel Embiid is a top three player in the NBA. So I don't think it's even to him about who's out there with him. Long he feels like longer he's he's out there, they're going to compete, and he hasn't been wrong. You know, he said that he think their problem is he can't stay healthy in the playoffs, in the playoffs, and he hasn't been wrong about that either. So, you know, I hope that they get it right and put people around him that want to be there because it's kind of getting sad at this point. Um, really. To have that guy and, you know, Ben went through what he went through and people can say the mental and all that, whatever. I'm not going to discredit nobody's mental health issues, but I'm also not going to act like he didn't run from that situation because he didn't, it didn't go how he wanted to go. And now you get to the James thing. And honestly, just for that alone, it's really why I'm kind of pissed off at Daryl Morey too at the same time because I get why you want to reconcile with James and then, you know, because it's hard to replace that, right? Like, no matter what people want to think about James, whether it's decline, it's change of role, it's whatever. 22 and 10 is yeah, 22 and 10, 22 and 11, whatever his assist was last year. That's legit, and everybody's not doing that. But it was opportunities. Oh, the players did that. Yeah, but it was opportunities to get players that were available this summer. Look at who got moved this summer. Drew Holiday got traded. Dame got traded. Uh, Bradley Bill got uh, traded. Um it's, it's opportunities there to do something where when you got this guy that's supposed to be a top three player in the league, why am I clinging on to a player that don't want to be here? Joel Embiid is your opportunity to win that championship. It's putting stuff around him. And the back and forth with Ben, and then that bled into the season. And the James Harden thing is going to bleed into the season. This should have been dead over the summer. So you he's not in training camp again answering questions about a player that don't want to be there playing with the guy that just won MVP. And... You cannot like the flopping that he does um, when he flops, because we all know Joel flops. But the game is legit, and it's been legit since the moment he stepped on the court. And the fact that he's still showing up in all these interviews, as long as I'm here, we're going to win. I would love to bring James back in the fold, but I'm excited for the step of Tyrese Mack. You don't get star players <laughs> like that no more. I, like, you can't say nobody's ever going to leave because, you know, stuff goes sour, and sometimes enough is enough. But you just don't get those players that's like that no more. And I actually, I don't care about the loyalty thing because it's to me, it's about being loyal to your teammates. 
forget the organization. They're going to do what's best for them. It's about your teammates, and then that next step is with your coaches, and then if you get a solid rapport with the GM because see, the GMs don't stick around. It's not like Pat Riley in Miami where you know he's going to be there until he retired no, sure. or whatever. But it's really a disservice that they're doing with Embiid to keep having these pretty predominant point guards that don't want to hoop, and you got the MVP on your team. Like, And and he'll take the blame. Like He, uh, he said out of his mouth that our issue is I can't stay healthy in the playoffs. Ain't nobody saying that. And I, I respect that. I really respect that, I, and I don't. I can't see him asking for a trade. Things happen, you know. Like I said, once you get to enough is enough. We still playing these games with them, you know. Stuff happens, but I, I think he wants to be there in Philly. I think he wants to win a championship in there in Philly. I think he's still so young in his career that he embraces it being his team. So there's no reason to move on because you know you, you're not even ten years in yet. So yeah, why not stick through it and see what happens? But I do get where you get to that point where it's like, all right, what's going on here? Outside of me just being healthy, within three years, the guy that we traded the guy for for doing this is doing the same thing. And he, this is supposed to be your guy as far as Daryl Morey goes. Like, that was the whole reason he wanted to be there was because of Daryl Morey. So you just don't get him like NBA no more. And I respect him saying as long as he's here, they're going to win. And it's, it's on Philly to put that team around him. And like I said, it could have been for – if you want to go with Maxi at point guard, hey, I don't, I don't know. And I just thought of this right now so you can kill me for it or not. But if I got to move on for James, there's no point guard out there no more. Dame is gone. Drew is gone. You're not getting a point guard from Miami. Man, build out that roster. See what's up again, Buddy Hill, there's some pieces. See what's, you know, a shooter next to MB, put the ball in Maxi's hands. Everybody think you put the ball in Maxi's hands, he could be an all-star level point guard. You get that shooter. Buddy Hill was second in threes, I believe, okay. last year. Uh-huh. Has made the most threes in the league over the last five. He shoot threes at an elite clip. See what's up with that make bitch. Threes, yeah, he make threes at an elite clip. See, see what's up with, with Buddy Hill. See what's up with what else is out there. Because you had a chance to make a play for Dame. You soon as Drew went and maybe they put in their offers, you never know. But as soon as Drew go to Portland, you could have got Drew. But the the trade I say in front of the Clippers that you would be forcing to get James Harden there. The one that works is like Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, and some picks. And that's solid, too. You know, Norman Powell is a 17, 18 points per game. Marcus Morris can do what he could do. You put them around and be. That's also building out the roster, getting depth. But put that – that man needs to stop coming in training camp not knowing who his team's going to be. New coach this year. You know, you had last year, you had a full training camp because James was already there. Doc was there. Cool. But it's like – then the next year we back on the BS. We only a couple years. This is his third coach. I think he's had two GMs there, and he's just still holding it down. So shout out to Joel and B um, for just say, hey man, I'm gonna show up and hoop. Like Giannis is saying, I'm gonna be, and I ain't gonna make it about Giannis, but I am. Giannis is saying, I'm gonna be here as long as we winning. Joel and B says, as long as I'm here, we gonna be winning. I I, I like that. <laughs> But like I said, if you look at, like I said, I want to get, now we can get to yeah. the problem part of this whole situ- organizational situation at the moment, which is James Harden, Daryl Morey. No, you cool, you cool. Um, like I said, on the outside looking in, we can't say what was promised. We can only speculate. Right. You can't say what Daryl Morey said he would do for James Harden or James Harden would do for Daryl Morey, Pauls. Right. These not hookers, excuse me. But... <laughs> But, um, yeah, this is a terrible situation that no team that's trying to contend or get over the hump should be in. 
of course, get Daryl Morey. No, I'm not just going to move James Harden for anything. And if you're James Harden, you want to be, you know, you want to go where you want to go. But the fact, I want to even get to this part. The fact that a third team won't get in to help or they won't try to get, a, who know, like I said, who knows first and foremost. But the fact that we haven't heard Philly trying to bring, it, bring in a third team to kind of help bring in more assets of players that they will prefer. Is this just Daryl Morey, like, I know once the season starts, James Harden's going to play basketball, and James Harden's is like, you know, I'm just going to play basketball. Does this feel like one of them situations where it still does a disservice to Joel Embiid? Like, I don't think there's anything they can do is with James Harden on this team that's really going to service Embiid this year for real because it's not going to be a good situation. Right, and, and I'm like, and that's why I'm like, Embiid is the prize, man. I'm not holding up, holding back Embiid's career for James Harden. I get, again, I'll say it again, I get wanting to reconcile with him because you're not just trading 22 and 10 and getting it back. You're not just trading a guy that can give you two 40-point games in a playoff series. I un- I understand that. But Embiid was the one that won MVP. He won them to finish top three in MVP, top two in MVP the last three years. If James don't want to be a part of it, and like I said, you can't say what was promised or what was not promised. Um... Because the, the whole truth is never going to come out. You had to be there. You, you know it or you don't. And But we know what we know what happened, man. We know what happened. I listened to Andre Iguodala and he, him and Evan Turner. They got a cool podcast, The Point Four. They was on J.J. Reddick's podcast. And, you know, Iguodala has worked with the NBA PA. And he still does because he hasn't officially announced his retirement. And, you know, he just talked about how he was frustrated with James getting fine opposed to Philly not getting fine because he was like, you know, we can't prove it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing his words. Go listen. It was a good conversation. The whole thing was good. But he's like, we can't prove it, but we know what was promised to James. Like, we, we know what this conversation is about and we said it when it first came out and literally, like, we talked up the fight. We, we always ahead of the curve. But we talked about ahead of the curve because it come out and it's like, what is he, what did he lie to him about? And even if it, it could be two angles to it because he ended up getting fined because they said he lied to him about a speedy trade. But and we know it was it was contract stuff. And even if he told him something with the trade in there, even that kind of cut some corners. So, right. But all in all, the circus that's having is taken away from the fact that you got a top three, maybe the best player in the NBA. We holding it up for 34-year-old James Harden, who had moments in the playoffs. Never gonna, not going to take away from not, somebody not, who not sure, James Harden didn't show up for them in that, play, in that elimination game when they got put out. Do we need to go back and watch the game? He didn't have a good game that game. He didn't have a great game. He, he did what we thought he was going to do. Like, some, you didn't know he was on the court at times out there. And, you know, that just is what it is. So, even if it was a move to get, like, Fred Van Vliet when he was available this summer, it was like, do something that improves this team that's not about mending relationships. Y'all trying to compete for a championship. He don't want to be there? Let him go. Let him go. You're not losing the best player on your team. You still will have Maxi. You still got Tobias Harris, who's a solid player. Is other good role players that are there or that could be there. Move James and get other people because you do have Tobias who can get 18 to 20. Maxie can get 20, a bigger role, maybe 20 to 23 points per game. You trade James Harden, get, because you're not trading for draft picks, and you're probably not necessarily getting an all-star or all-NBA player. But if I got two starters and a role player, 
If I got a starter and two solidified rotation players and maybe a pick, so if I want to do something in the middle of the season to expand the role again, like what's wrong with that? Because one thing I will agree with, with in the league is there isn't this one dominating force. That's clear. It's been five different champions in five years. It's no one dominating force. And I think there's many reasons for that. Some people say it's because of the talent, this or that. I think it's a combination of talent being spread around. I think it's a combination of the league being younger. And I think it's a combination of it's not one clear-cut best player. And so since it's not... I want to hear that part. It's literally five people we can argue is best player in the league. Pick your choice. It could be Jokic. It could be Giannis. It could be Embiid. It's still a conversation for Steph. It's still a conversation for Kevin Durant. I think it's still a conversation for LeBron. It's honestly still a conversation for LeBron. He was just in the conference finals last year. had him ranked outside the top 15. He was just in the conference finals. He just averaged 30 not too long ago. He could average 30 this year if he wanted to. That's probably not what they need for them to win a championship. But he could do it. And (laughs) depending on how Anthony Davis looked in the first couple months, we don't know for sure who the best player in the NBA is. And if you say otherwise, you're just lying about it. It's easy to say Jokic, the MVP the last couple years, championship. But it's not just a foregone conclusion that Jokic is the best player. after he won the championship. Exactly. And, you know, now people love Jokic's defense, but he was just getting played off the court a year ago. So it's no foregone conclusion who the best player is. Sure. And then they aren't all just, you know, you, you don't got Wade and LeBron on one team. It ain't Steph and KD on one team. So you can win with Jokic, superstar player, superstar basketball on court player. I wouldn't say he's a superstar because everybody don't know Jokic. No disrespect. Superstar on court basketball player with all star, borderline all star, Jamal Murray, and mm-hmm. good role players. You win with that. You win with superstar Joel Embiid, take next step, borderline all star, Maxi and Tobias Harris, and multiple role players. Mm-hmm. You already have the centerpiece. So, no, my bad. No, I went over a lot further than we probably were going to go with this, but. I just think he doing, you're doing a disservice to Joel Embiid trying to play games with James Harden. The time to reconcile with him was at the beginning of this month. And if it wasn't working, you don't you can't make these decisions in training camp. You can't keep doing it because championship teams don't make these trades in training camp. Unless it's, you know, because the game is a little different because you kind of already anticipated and he's in there by day one. He's in there for that's me. Diff- that's different, right? Right. You're, you're in there. You're learning schemes. You're working out with the players. You're there opposed to if the trade happened now or how this is happening. Y'all finna be playing preseason games before he get traded. So now we into the season. Once you get into the season, people roles are there. Now you gotta switch people roles and NBA players are creatures of habits. They wanna know what their role is, they wanna know where they stand on the team, especially on winning teams. Ask anybody one difference between winning teams and losing teams, and you, you can give them give them five reasons. You can tell them give you three reasons. And I I'm, I guarantee you the continuity of knowing what their roles is is going to be in there. I know that this is going to A, B, C, and I know that I'm supposed to do this. If this, this, and this don't work, then it's an opportunity for me to do this, but I know I'm here to do this. Every championship team has that, and you don't have that making trades. And, you know, you get the few exceptions, like the, I would say, like the Rasheed Wallace trade to Detroit. He got traded in the middle of the season. It was such an exception because of the type of player Rasheed was, the type of team that was, and the role that was needed there was clear. But right. then look at, like, the Melo OKC thing. When Melo wasn't out his prime yet, but, dang, we expected this team to be Russ and Paul George. Now we got to kind of fit Melo in 
which Melo is our guy, so we're going to fit him in, but now it don't make sense. And then you get a couple games in, and it's talking about, dang, should, I, should he be off the bench? Nah, he's still a starter, but that could have been established if he was already there. So, Moore, you're doing a disservice to the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid. If he demands a trade, it's because of you. But he's been so solid, I don't think that he'll do that. I can respect everything you say. I don't think I got nothing to add to that. But before we get out of here, um, of course, go back to the dang trade one more time. I've seen somebody, I guess people aren't saying that this is a super team. Um, I don't know if it is or if it isn't. I feel like they have... Milwaukee have two superstars? Milwaukee? Yeah. I would say so. Dame's a superstar? Okay. I would say... See, Dame is a... He... Is he a superstar? And that's the thing. Because I don't think everybody... I, 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 I think he... I, it's crazy because Dame... Because <laughs> they always say that the old test is, does everybody know you type of thing? But he... Because he checks so many boxes, which everybody... You know, DJs give a lot of people signature shoes, but... He, he earned his signature shoe, and this one that people go to. I think he does have the following, and he has the game. I think it's still a level missing that I would not say, but it's like if Steph Curry didn't exist, I heard Stephen A. say that, and that's why it was on my mind. But Steph, he would be the best point guard in the league. He's a legit top 10 player. If he is a superstar, then Giannis would be like a mega star. So I would say Dame is above an all-star, but not quite a superstar. Okay. Even though he could be a superstar in his role, he could take over a series. He can, even with Giannis on the team, Giannis is the best player. I like that Dame said Giannis is the best player in the league. But it's going to be stretches with Dame. is going to be the best player on the court with Giannis on the court. But Giannis is still their best player. No, if you're not. a superstar, you're the best player out there, period, at all times, no matter what. No, for sure. And then, like I said, you throw in. But they, they would be the closest to, to, to a super team. Oh, I uh, thought you were saying to two superstars. Well, that that first two, yeah, of course. But they would be. I mean, but Chris Middleton is a he, year removed from All Star. Yeah, yeah. They, they they would qualify for super team right. vibes. Like the, I don't like the, I don't necessarily like the, I don't, I'm not asking. Do you think they're a super team? But do you think they would qualify just with the whole roster makeup? Bobby Porter's coming off the bench. Brooke. The Brook. Once again, top heavy. <laughs> But do they have? But you think they have to make the qualifications to be considered a super team, basically? Because once again, I don't know. If you know their first six, I'm pretty sure they have an idea who they want seven and eight to be. But do I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of these championship contending teams really have a certified player after six for real. Like who's gonna like Denver? I don't think you know. Go back. They lost three important players off that team. Do they have a certified seventh right. man? Like Milwaukee, Boston. I think when people think super team, they just think because somebody like I'm. A, I'll you get, hear Dan, I'll get, you I'll hear get Dan, killed for yeah. saying this, but like this is why they wouldn't be a super team because they have three all stars. Chris Middleton won all star last year because he was hurt. They have three all stars. I wouldn't think that I wouldn't say just being an all star to me is the only thing that make you a super team, even though they have a well rounded kind of six. I even feel that way about. It's crazy to say about Phoenix because was Brad All Star last year? No, no. he hasn't been All Star in like two years. He ain't been All Star in a couple of years, and it's, it's like just because you have you were an All Star and even made a few, but once you get to a different part in your career, like this is not thirty points a game, Brad. No. This not, but this could be nineteen on really efficient. You know what I mean, game, Brad? But but the name makes it a super team. 
the name Giannis, Dame, and Chris Middleton technically made them. Even look at Boston. When the last time Chris Hunter was in, was an All Star? And people saying they, they're a oh, super been team. All Star once. <laughs> so exactly, but people saying they're a super team based off of Drew being All Star last year, which was only his second All Star appearance. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And it's because it's we know the names, but is Boston the super team necessarily? So, okay. They have former All-Stars, but are they next? The Warriors was a super team because KD and Steph okay, were current All-Stars, MVP candidates, so was Clay. Right. The Heatles, uh, LeBron, Wade, were current All-Stars somewhere near in their prime, all of them at the same time. The NBA has always been made up of teams with all-stars, former all-stars, one really good player, another really good. Because, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. No, nah, yeah, but because, like I said, of course, after the Warriors broke, you know, after that team, after KD left that team and some other players moved around, NBA Twitter has kind of been like, yeah, we're out of the super team phase and we have all these duos. But, like I say, they're so quick to kind of throw the super team term out there. Do you think people were really glad when the super team was going? Because, like you say, nobody thinks anybody can repeat. Um, you're, like you say, you're one of many people who say there's not necessarily a dominating force in, you know, as far as team go in the league. Right. And like even, say, I would say team and players. I would say, like you said, best player can rotate from anybody year in, year out. Legit you, six people. <laughs> Legit <laughs> six people. Do you think the NBA. Maybe it's seven, because we didn't even say Luca. You know, some people think Luca's the nah, best player in the nah, league. He was just number two on somebody's list. But do you think that not only the NBA, but the fans are kind of missing that team who's like, we, even if they're not a guarantee to win, is like they're guaranteed to get there? That's an interesting question because I must, this is always why I'm going to say no. I don't think the NBA is missing it. Okay. I think, but the phenomenon of it happening, as much as people think that they hate it, everybody loves it. But I think since we were just coming out of it, it's okay to not have it for a minute. Right. Like, it was cool to have Jordan, them knocking stuff out every year. But then it was cool for a couple of years when you went Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Pistons won. Oh, I was got in there. My, it was cool for everybody to eat. It was, it was cool for the Heatles to make their run and then the Warriors on theirs and then you see Toronto. And the it's, cool, it's cool to see. But nothing attracts people like that super team, that superstar player, because as much as, because of both sides of it, you want to see, dang, is they ever going to lose? And you also want to see, is dang, is anybody ever going to beat them? <laughs> like, no, right. So, right. I, and I think that matters, right. like, the draw of wondering, like, is Carmelo going to beat Jordan this year? Can Gary Payton them? It's going to have to be a young team. It's going to have to be an established team. And then those teams are usually led, the Heatles was led by LeBron, the top 10, 5, 3 NBA player ever. The Warriors being led by Steph, the greatest shooter ever, and then Steph and KD with Clay them there. Hmm. I think it, it's all attractive, but being in a state of right now, the world being in diversity and inclusion, <laughs> I think it's cool for everybody to say, oh, to feel like they all legit have a chance. I think going through a couple of years of feeling like we legit have a chance is cool. It's just a matter of time before we get to a dominating force again until one player is better than everybody else by far and that team kind of put their foot on people's neck. The NBA is trying to figure that point out right now. So I don't really have a real answer for that because right, I, think, cool. right. I think people like it both ways, honestly. 
I think it's cool right now, though. Paul's right. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. people, right, that was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I understand people like, like, oh yeah, our team, especially the the, the these like people, that team having a chance, right? Uh, yeah, people like like people like Grizzlies fans who think they're going to the finals this year, <laughs> like that's not happening. But they they feel like they can legit have a chance because because you can, yeah, you can put out a lineup and you can compete here or there, right? For sure. So absolutely. But you can't deny the numbers of a, a super team. Um, I mean, the most viewed games in NBA history have all come during the Warriors era. And before that, they would have been during the Jordan era. Before um, that, they would have been the Lakers. The Celtics. Lakers and Celtics, right. So, it, and that is just the history of, of the game, of having that. But then it does go through these stretches where this is the first time the five champion thing has happened. But it has gone through those stretches where I – Couple of years you go through, they, they run off one, they run off one, they run off one, but then eventually, I saw somebody say that every decade there's been a back to back champion. So it's going to happen eventually. It's just a matter of who's mm. going to do it. And I think that comes down to who's going to have. The teams that have gone back to back have all legit had the yeah. best player in the league. Yeah. An argument for the bit was the Warriors, KD or Steph, the Heatles, LeBron. Um, when Kobe won both of his, it was him. Did the Spurs ever go back to back? Hell no. Nah. But they were able to win a couple championships though nah, because yeah, Tim Duncan had an argument as best. Like the only anomaly was Wade going on his run, um, and um, uh, who else won? Um, the Pistons and their team. But then was Shaq. Shaq was the best player in the league. Jordan. So it, it's gonna happen eventually. But the league is just in such a weird place because it is a lot of talent. And I just think it's not a dominating force. Also, at the same time, nobody's just way better than nobody, mm-hmm. uh, which which helps. And then nobody's way better than nobody. Nobody's just. But you want to call it a fear factor or not? When the Heat was on their run, you can say whatever you want about the Heat. You didn't want to see LeBron. No, no yeah. When the like, Lakers on their run, you didn't want to see Kobe. You didn't want to see Steph and KD. Now it's like I'll take my chance against Jokic. You know, maybe he wins look, tonight. No, look at how a lot of people. Look at how people have been talked like uh, Jimmy Butler, Tall Tavares. You know, he thinks. They say he thinks he's the best player in the league. I seen somebody say that Jimmy Butler would have just been Jimmy and not the best player in the league. They would have had a chance to beat the Nuggets. That just shows you how, even if it's just some random person on NBA Twitter saying that, that does show you how nobody. There's not a fear in one particular team or player, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Because Miami didn't have a chance at all against Denver. I don't care how many games they won, they would never beat the Nuggets. But with that being said, do you got anything else to add to this episode? Oh no, nah, man. Just as you know, I'm really happy. I it, it was like I had been counting down for this to happen. As far as the season come back, and then you look up and I'm looking at the thing next week and the Hawks open practice Monday and it's a preseason game too. They like it's gonna be basketball, NBA basketball yeah, next 20, week. 20, 20 games, 20 days until opening day. Yeah, so you know it's cool that this is just all popped up. It's been a long summer, so glad we about to have the NBA back, uh, especially with football being here. I've watched more football this year than I have just because I'm, I won't say I'm more invested. Just you know dealing with more people that deal with football. I just yeah. been watching again. Uh, all right, but. But that said, ready for basketball because football sucks still overall. As soon as the season starts, I'm not turning on another football. Yeah, I, honestly, <laughs> and I don't watch too much on TV nowadays. Uh, you know, I, I just rewatch shows that I've been watching while I'm waiting on the shows I'm, I'm currently the, watching. I'm come on, going off. Yeah, so shout out to the NBA season being back. Like I think this is gonna be a really huge year. This is, you know, the first episode of this NBA season. Um, 
another so, one. I don't even know what season we on. Right. Yo, we're going crazy since we I mean, started in the finals with the Raptors, uh, Raptors Warriors. So, looking forward to this season, the changes, uh, just the potential of everything that's going to sure. happen, and plus a lot of stuff that we got going on this season. New show dropping in December. I'm not going to drop the name yet, but we got a new show dropping in December. That's going to be really dope. Um, so, uh, we can't wait till y'all see that. Appreciate all the supporters up to this point. Um, whether you listen to one of these whole long ass hour shows or you listen to five minutes, you know, two minutes. Shout out to right. you. you. Skim through and find what you like. Exactly. So, shout out to you. Uh, shout out to the Off the Ball Network. Shout out to all the homies over there. Shout out to Chris LeBron. You know, appreciate you supporting the show that we got going on and, you know, just support that you're giving, period. You know, you can find us anywhere. Podcasts are available Spotify, Apple. All those cool places. Do your Googles. The Hoopers Pod. More Hoopers merch is on the way. You know, shout out to everybody that's already rock, rocking their Hoopers merch. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter Spaces. NBA Twitter Spaces. From the hosted by the Hoopers through Off Ball Network is coming. Pause. I don't think we we probably start when the season start. Maybe early season preview. We haven't picked a real start date yet. But those are going to be on Fridays. So look out for that. So you got to follow the Twitter, follow Off the Ball Network on Twitter and Hooper's Pod on Twitter so you can be tuned in to that because you don't want to get lost because everybody out here talking, but we don't mind walking and hooping. That's all I got. All right. With that being said, I'm John W. It's Fresh X. And this was the Hooper's Pod.